Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to talk a little bit about the NFL offseason. We're going to share our winners and losers, um, you know, to date, you know, whether it's the trade market, the free agency market, everything that's kind of unfolded over the, I don't know, month or so since we've almost month or so that we've been into this offseason been quite a whirlwind of an offseason some things have happened some things haven't happened that were supposed to happen and some things are just unfolding the way they are but uh one thing's for sure i have some strong passionate feelings about some losers in this thing matthew fox limited to me to only three losers and three winners which very very much disappointed me but also probably saved the show being four hours (laughs) so that being said i am joined by my partner here mr matthew fox how are you bud even though I limited you to three, I saw that you found kind of a workaround. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, if where there's a will, there's a way. Life finds a way, as we learned in Jurassic Park. So I, I have one blanket statement I'm going to say about the one specific thing that I did, but we'll we'll, we'll get to that in, in just a little bit. But... Uh, yeah, it's been it, it's been an interesting thing as we inch closer to the draft. We are now another day that has passed, another week that has passed. Aaron Rodgers is not a New York Football Jets player yet, um, and honestly, I feel like the deal's gonna get done. I just feel like I don't know what we're waiting for. Like the thing about it is, is the Packers can't really afford to just say. We're gonna do what we want because they have like Rogers on the on the books for you know so much money. Now I know they still have a lot of dead money when they trade him, but the dead money is not you know is a way less compared to what he is on the roster for this season. Like, do you have a disgruntled Rogers? Do you just make he won't retire? And even if he does retire, it's just like the Bucks scenario. The Bucks are still on the hook for like thirty million in dead money because Roger because Brady retired. So, like, there's so many different factors here that I'm interested in. Just make the trade so that we can adjust our plans this all season accordingly. But obviously, there's reports that surfaced this week about the 49ers possibly getting into the race, um, which is definitely interesting. Um, You're talking about a 49ers team that is strong top to bottom. Might be the best team in the NFL. See, maybe, possibly, maybe, possibly. But, um, you know, they've made some good moves this offseason. They have a strong nucleus. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he kind of fits into that. But he also is very much a quarterback that could fit right into that system rather typically well. What are your thoughts on the Rodgers to the Jets and Rodgers potentially just the rumors around the 49ers? I mean, the Jets, we, we've been assuming that he's going there for a month. Uh, the longer that it doesn't happen, 
um, the more nervous I'd be if I was the Jets, especially since uh, they seem to have gone all in um, to get them, you know, signing Alan Lazard, bringing in Tim Boyle, uh, bringing in Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, you make a lot of moves. They, they offloaded Elijah Moore. These are a lot of things that you do uh, if you have a certain plan, uh, you know, that you think is going to come to fruition. Uh, if it doesn't come to fruition, then this offseason looks a lot stranger for the Jets. And the question is, what are they then trying to do? You know, where they're drafting in the first round probably isn't ideal to get a top quarterback. You still have Zach Wilson. Most of the options that are out there are gone. The intriguing thing to me about the 49er potential trade is you would think if they were jumping into the fray that what they would probably be trying to offer is one of their quarterbacks because they currently have three on the roster in Darnold, Trey Lance, and Brock Purdy. They may have more than that. But the Packers seem like they want to start the Jordan Love era so, you know, would are they trying to trade for Trey Lance? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't think the 49ers have a ton of draft picks left because they've been making other moves. Are the 49ers trading a wide receiver to get Aaron Rodgers? Then you've kind of weakened your, your core. I just don't know exactly what – it's hard to tell what Green Bay wants and how that trade would work because it doesn't make – a lot of sense. Like if four to were making a trade with the jets or if it ends up being like a three-way trade and Trey Lance comes up on the jets and the jets give all our picks, to, then maybe that makes sense because I could see the jets just looking at, to do something else. Although I'm not sure Trey Lance is a big upgrade over Zach Wilson. Then you'd have the number two and number three overall picks sitting there <laughs> like, Hey, which one of us is going to suck the least. That's like the Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield handshake in Carolina last year. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I want Rogers to be on whatever team he's going to be on. So they don't talk about him every day. And so he doesn't dominate because I don't really care that much, but you are right. If he ends up in San Francisco, San Francisco has by far the best weapons. If they keep everything intact that he's ever had uh, for a team, because they have McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. You have Ayuk and Debo Samuel at wide receiver, George Kittle at tight end. Pretty impressive offensive line and a great defense. I think they'd be by far and away the number one team in the NFC. I, I don't even know who else you would put up there as potential competition. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because the dominoes would fall into the NFC in a place where – it's also backfiring a lot of different ways. The Packers would also need a little bit more. I mean, because the Packers are obviously looking to try to contend in a division that I think is still wide open, even though Minnesota kind of has that leg up because of what Minnesota's doing. But Minnesota's lost some key pieces. There's a lot of dysfunction in Minnesota. You know what I mean? With the whole Dalvin Cook thing. Is Dalvin Cook going to be there? Will Dalvin Cook be traded? I think there's a lot of question marks there. Um, I don't know. Minnesota's a weird team, too. I don't know. That entire we'll talk about that NFC here in a few moments. Um, but well, that's the thing in Minnesota, probably took a few steps back. Philly took a few steps back. Dallas has questions, and those were the other three teams in addition to San Francisco that were kind of rock solid in the NFC. I like Detroit potentially as an ascending team, but you know, and Chicago may have improved itself this offseason. But there aren't a lot of 
teams when you look at yeah, the NFC. Not, that, yeah, there's not a lot of juggernauts. No. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you're right though. I am. I am tired of 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 hearing about it. That's that's all I care about. Like, I'm just tired of hearing about where Aaron Rodgers will sign. I just or trade get traded to, make it happen, close the deal. Let's finish it. Let's move on. Let's move on to figuring out where the hell DeAndre Hopkins is going to go if he's going to go anywhere. I don't know what's going on with that situation. That's gonna. I think that'll play out. Probably we talked about that last week. I think it'll play out probably closer to the draft, but um, it's definitely something that I'll, I'll keep it an eye out for as well. <clears throat> that being said, we are going to transition over to our winners and losers of the off season so far. Um, Matthew Fox. I'm going to let you kick it off with your three winners of this offseason. All right. So uh, my three winners, first, Chicago Bears. Um, you know, they had the number one pick. What, a lot of talk about what, what they were going to do. They seem to have uh, doubled down on building around Justin Fields, which I like what we saw last year. I think that's great. I think they got a lot of great value when they traded the number one pick, including getting DJ Moore. And pairing more with Mooney, Cole Komet, and Chase Claypool now gives them a pretty decent set of weapons. They've worked on building the offensive line and defensive pieces. Do I think they're going to be incredible this year? No, but they're a team that's moving in the right direction. I think they've made a lot of good moves this offseason. And they have a lot of potential with the draft picks that they've piled up to continue to add to that. So, so far, they would be one of the teams that I have right there. And then their trade partner, the Carolina Panthers is another team that I have that I like what they've done uh, this off season. They had a lot that they need to do moving on from that rule. Uh, I think you and I both have our questions about whether Frank Reich is the man um, to, <laughs> to, to lead this kind of rebuild, but I like the veteran coaching staff they've built up around that. I like the pieces they've added to try to give a rookie quarterback some offensive pieces. Um, you have Miles Sanders coming in there. I like that pick. I think DJ Chark and Adam Thielen, while not incredibly impressive, gives you veteran wide receivers to kind of build something there. I liked the Hayden Hurst at tight end signing. And they moved up to get the number one draft pick. That gives them a chance to pick the guy that they feel the best about. I think both CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are good options i think if they pick one of those guys they're going to be in better shape so i like the potential of what they're doing if they take uh if they take will levis then they're going to end up on another list for me (laughs) or anthony richardson richardson has potentially a high ceiling but also it has a greater unknown i don't know if i think that's the best pick for number one uh but my other team and i guess i went three nfc um because i'm a little bit different than ricky uh, maybe because the nfc teams had so much further to climb uh, but i'm going with the detroit lions uh the lions were pretty close last year and they have invested this offseason. I didn't mind the David Montgomery signing. I think bringing back a veteran in Marvin Jones to go behind Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown gives them some great veteran presence and depth. I like the, what they have in Jerry Goff. I don't think he's incredibly spectacular, but he's been very solid. and He's been good for that young and building team. But most importantly, they've worked on rebuilding that secondary, which is something that they had to do. Um, 
you know, they brought in Sutton at corner. They brought CJ Gardner Johnson. Uh, I like some of those signings. I like some of the defensive signings. They still have draft pick capital that's pretty decently high up to add some pieces. Uh, they have a couple of picks in the first round thanks to that trade uh, with the Rams. I like what they're doing. They were they should have been in the playoffs last year. I think they make it this year. I like the trajectory. So, you know, for Detroit and the Bears, teams that have struggled for a lot of years, it's been nice to see them building towards something. Um, and so those are my three teams that I like what they've been doing so far this offseason. I mean, the Bears still need a quarterback. So um, that being said, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, that being said, the Bears are on my list for everything that Matthew Fox said. I can't add anything to this. The only thing that I think that I'm still not 100% a believer in Justin Fields, but I do like what I saw with the growth. But the other thing with Justin Fields, or the other thing that I love that the Bears did was they built around Fields, right? They didn't try to get cute with the number one pick. They didn't try to, to do something fancy where they try to trade Fields to get this and that and this and that. They did what they needed to do. They're building around what they believe is their franchise quarterback. Whether he is or not, it doesn't matter. They're giving him the opportunity to be that. DJ Moore is a great addition to that team. Love the uh, love the moves quite a bit. Um, and you know what? The other team that is on my winners list is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why are they on my list? I think they're more on my list to be winners because of what everything else that has happened in the division. The Tennessee Titans are – I don't know what the hell they're doing. The Colts, I'm very confused in what they're doing, other than the fact that they're going to waste potentially one of the best running backs that we've seen in the NFL over the last decade, just rot away on the roster. Um, that's really just irritating. And the Houston Texans are going to be in purgatory for God knows how long. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what the Houston Texans do. I do hope that they turn it around because I do think that they have a decent core that they can build upon with draft picks, et cetera, et cetera. But they haven't had a successful track record. And my third, uh, my third winner, obviously this is contingent on Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? I say this now because we are under the belief possibly that Aaron Rodgers will be a uh, New York Jet. I think to me personally in a division where we've seen regression from certain teams within the division and some teams kind of stand pat and some teams make questionable division decisions. I think that this move could catapult this team to um, possibly win the division. Now, I'm very optimistic about the AFC as a collective whole because things – when Matthew Fox and I looked at the offseason last year or went into the season last year, things played out almost identical to where we thought, right? You know what I mean? They really did, especially in the AFC. Buffalo dominated. Kansas City dominated. We both thought the Chargers were going to be good. Sure, we both were. I was higher on the Raiders than Fox was. Fox was also higher on Denver than I, you know, I was. Neither one of those panned out. Uh, Baltimore played well. You know, the Bengals did good. Fox had the Bengals win the division. A lot of things played out the way that we thought they would. Um, and then, of course, some things didn't. So I'm still optimistic on how I feel because you're talking about a Jets team that was seven and ten last year, which is still impressive. If people remember, they at one time were seven and four, right? They were seven and four. In the, in the driver's seat in that division, or at least in, not in the driver's seat, but in the conversation of the playoffs, and then they lost six straight to lose the season. I think Rodgers does imp uh, improve this team for the quarterback situation. I think he makes them a playoff team. Maybe not the division. We'll see. Um, 
you know, obviously I think that Rodgers makes more of an impact whenever it comes to real football versus fantasy football because, you know, he did regress a little bit, but I do think that the talent that he's going into on the Jets is a little bit better. And I do think that if he, Rodgers goes there, I do think OBJ goes along with him. So I think that that could be a package deal. So that's the only reason why I'm I'm on the on the on the verge there. I do like what Fox said um, about the Panthers. The Panthers are one that I think their offseason rides on the quarterback they take. You know what I mean? I think you're right. If they go Richardson or they go Levis, I think that we're we're going crazy. But the the Panthers have added some veterans that I feel like they believe they're they could compete for the division this year. Frank Wright. We all know how I feel. If you've listened to the show for three years, we all know how about Frank Wright. However, let's not, he did make, you know, he did make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this is a division we've talked about. It's very much up for grabs. We don't know what's going to happen in Tampa Bay. We don't know what's, Atlanta has made some good moves, but I don't believe in Arthur Smith. I believe in Arthur Smith less than I believe in Frank Wright, which is saying something. And then, of course, the Saints are a wild card because they have made the moves. We talked about them last week. They've made the moves to improve the roster. But is it good enough to win the division? I still think that that division is probably going to be one of the weakest of all the the um, of the NFC. All right. Mile for my three losers, um, the Ravens. The Ravens at the top of my list. I, I don't love how they've handled this Lamar Jackson situation. If they come out of this without Lamar, um, what does that look like for them? Do they what, what does that look for like for them out of the draft? And then what if they do come back with Lamar? They've both of these both of them have wasted so much time this offseason. They haven't really improved on anything. Their receiving core still sucks. Um their defense isn't much more improved. What what's what's the end game there? That's that's to me why they're on the losers list. The Colts, I mentioned why. What are they doing? I don't know what the Colts are doing. Everybody else is is positioning positioning themselves to take a quarterback, and teams are jumping above them in the draft to get in that position. And obviously, we don't know what they're doing. And obviously, are they going to go full rebuild? Are they going to try to you know jump out the gate and 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 stay strong? Another division that's up for grabs. Yes, I I firmly believe the Jaguars are the best team in that division. I think the addition to Calvin Ridley is going to really help that team. But we're talking about a team that went nine and eight. You know what I mean? It's not like the you know they're that far back in the division. So I don't like what the Colts did. And the only reason I found a loophole in Matthew Fox's losers thing was to talk about the NFC and just the quarterback landscape. If we take Rodgers out of the NFC, I just feel like the NFC is just – I saw somebody's top 10 list, and a top 10 list of a, of, of a conference that has Jordan Love on it is just really depressing for a guy that's seen the field for like five seconds. You know what I mean? It's just a There is list. one of those top five NFC quarterback lists that had Sam Howell on it. I thought about forwarding it to you. <laughs> like, what is going on, guys? Like this list, the list of quarterbacks in the NFC is some of the most alarming things. I'm, and what's crazy, I, I know you, yet like, I don't understand. Brock Purdy is being put on these lists. And I understand he had a good year, but like, the people, like, I saw this top 10 list in this top 10 list Hertz, Fields, Jones, Purdy, Stafford, Goff, Prescott, Smith, Murray, Love. That's the top 10. First off, did Kirk Cousin die? 
I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is a be all end all, but Kirk Cousins is like a top three quarterback in the NFC. Like he is. Like, and why is Brock Purdy on this list? Like, why? Why is why is everybody so high on Brock Purdy for the eight games that he played? Yeah, he looked okay, but oh god. And what's the, what did Dak Prescott do to somebody to get ranked seventh below Goff, Stafford, Purdy, Jones, and Fields? Like, who did he? Like, who did? I think there's some people that have some trepidation about what their offense is going to be like with uh, Mike McCarthy running it. I don't disagree with that, but it still kind of blows my mind that the disrespect that he consistently gets. Uh, he gets a lot of disrespect. Like, he gets a lot of di- – Dak Prescott is on the verge of getting, like, Kirk Cousins' disrespect. Kirk Cousins was completely left off that list. Maybe that's what we need to we – we're going to sit here and dissect quarterbacks in this entire division and figure out what we're going to – like, I mean, I don't know. But – um, that said, the only reason I said that I, I did find a loophole in Matthew Fox's thing, but my loophole is the losers of this offseason is the NFC quarterbacks. Like we're we're down to just a few of them. And to me, you mentioned this, like the Eagles have regressed. The Eagles had an opportunity this offseason to really put a footprint in being one of the best teams in the division, best teams in the conference for the next like three or four years because of how weak this conference is. But um, yeah. Who are your losers, Matthew Fox? Uh, so for mine, I kind of went with three teams that have been <coughs> contenders the last. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. few years that haven't really done anything to help themselves and might be teetering on the brink of falling out of contention. First one would be the Buffalo Bills. The Bills probably entered the last two seasons as among the favorites or the favorite for some people in the AFC. They came into this offseason. We've talked about they need to, to probably improve their receiving core. They probably needed to do something at running back. They've been rumored and in on a lot of things, but not had anything come together. The only piece they've added is they traded Devin Singletary for Damian Harris, which I'm going to say is a lateral move at best. Um, they also traded uh, Isaiah McKenzie for Deontay Hardy. Um, I actually think that that might be a lesser move. Hardy probably be a great special teams player. Hines has been a great special teams player for them. But what are they doing to build around Josh Allen? They lost some defensive pieces, which was inevitable to happen. Maybe they can turn some of that around in the draft, but I just don't know what the plan is. And, you know, earlier this offseason, when some people suggested Buffalo's Super Bowl window might have closed, I thought that seemed ridiculous. But as we're sitting here in April, I'm I'm starting to think that's not as ridiculous as it seemed. Miami had two estate healthy, was pretty close to catching them in the AFC East last year. And even though Miami made some weird backfield choices. They still have a strong team. You've talked about the Jets making moves out there. The Patriots are at least making moves, trying. And the rest of the AFC is incredibly strong. You know, is Buffalo 
do they have the pieces that you would say they're better than Kansas City or Cincinnati? I don't know that I would say that right now, even though we don't even know who the receiver is going to be for Patrick Mahomes yet. He's proven it doesn't matter that much. So Buffalo, uh, it's been a disappointing offseason for me, to say the least. Uh, number two is Green Bay. Um, get over yourselves. Make the Aaron Rodgers trade. If you don't want Rodgers to be on your team and you basically publicly came out and said that wouldn't be your option, then stop screwing around. Get it done. Move on to the next phase of your offseason. Give clarity to your players, to everyone else. Beyond that, also, what are they doing? Christian Watson had a better rookie season than I was expecting, but it's him and Romeo Dubs they're alone right now. They haven't really made any substantive moves. Are they going to change their entire front office philosophy and go after a receiver high in the draft? They probably should. Who knows what they're going to do? What are you putting around Jordan Love that's going to help him succeed if you think he's he's going to be the guy? And you have to give him a chance since you took him in the first round. I like that they reworked the deal for Jones, but now you still have Jones and Dylan, which to me makes a muddled backfield. They've had a decent defense, but they were not enough to make the playoffs last year. I think Chicago and Detroit have improved, and Minnesota probably still has a core that's better than Green Bay. They could easily be the least impressive roster in their division right now. And, you know, what are they doing to get better? And you're talking about a team that finished as the number one seed in the NFC like three years in a row. So not a great sign. And then I'm sure this will make you happy. My other one is the Tennessee Titans. I have no idea what they're doing this offseason. They were rumored to be trying to trade Derrick Henry, seemed to have pulled out of that probably because they realized they couldn't get enough back to make that worthwhile. They've made almost no moves aside from letting go of their most marquee defensive player in Bud Dupree and their most marquee offensive tackle, Taylor Lewan, because they have cap issues. They seem to be continuously revolving around the Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis quarterback tandem which they don't appear to have any confidence in um, so that is a choice Robert Woods wasn't great last year so I get letting him walk but now you have Brian Westbrook Kikini and Traylon Burks who couldn't really stay on the field I like Chiga Conquo. are you putting a lot of pressure on him they did not have much in the way of an impressive offense last year and they've done little to improve it again they have all their draft picks first through seventh round but what are what are you doing um you know i know they're they're a team that's in cap trouble but they even with whatever's happening with houston and indianapolis they might be the worst team roster wise in their division right now which is something for a team that was a number one seed in the afc as recently as 2021 yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to watch the Titans completely falter. I, 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 for, I'm on their firm belief that they should have blown this team up, and I mean blow it up. I mean, I understand Vrabel is a guy that everybody loves, but you, if you're going to buy into Vrabel being here and if you're going to buy into Vrabel as being your guy, then I believe you blow this team up. You should have traded Tannehill. You should have traded Henry. You should have gotten what you got. Maybe use those picks to try to move up into the draft because that's rumored that they're talking about trying to do that. Um, apparently they like Levis, but apparently they like Stroud. I mean, everybody likes, everybody's chitter chatting about all these guys that they like, but it's been crazy to, uh, to watch some of these teams. And that's why, that's why the Jaguars were on my list of, of who I thought, um, who I think are, have the biggest off season. You know what I mean? They haven't done a whole great deal of things to improve their team, but nobody around them is doing a lot. And I do think the, the addition of Calvin Ridley is going to help that offense as well. So it's going to be definitely interesting to see how it unfolds. But um, 
yeah, the Titans suck, and I am here for it. Well, I mean, they clearly don't believe in Malik Willis based on what we saw at the end of And last they clearly year. don't believe in Tannehill because it's like wishy-washy of, of – of this, well, we're going to trade Tannehill, or we're not, but we're going to. It doesn't make any sense. I just don't think there's a market to trade him, and I think it's cost prohibitive for them to release him because they have salary cap issues. Plus, yep. they don't really seem to have any options. That's yeah. And at the end of the day, like if you're going to run it back with Tannehill and Henry, why are you not making the moves? Because that means you you have to try to win the division. Like you know, that's what you're trying to do. That. I know you're always trying to win a division, but I, you, I think you understand what I'm saying by that. Yeah. By saying, if you're going to run it back, you got to run it back. Then you've got to put you got to put some eggs in the basket. Why are you not calling for DeAndre Hopkins? I understand they're in cap hell, but like every team can be in cap. Like you got to be making moves to improve this offense to get into next year to compete with the division. I, I it's you're right. They're two years removed from being the the number one. You know they won the division. They were doing really good, et cetera, et cetera. So well, on that AJ yeah. Brown gamble looks a little worse you know than it did at the time it may i didn't love the trade at the time but burke's not really being able to be on the and maybe he takes a big year to leap but you're banking a lot on that you're banking a lot on a second year receiver with no other weapons around him really and like you said i like a chick as well but again you're banking on two very young guys to carry an offense outside of henry who has shown signs of slowing down over the last quarter of the quarter of the last season so yeah all right for those of you who have listened to us talk nfl sports all that good stuff thank you and then of course for those of you like to stick around and listen to us chitter chatter about movies uh, we appreciate you um honestly we have a pretty ridiculously jam-packed week at the movies um there's quite a few movies that have been released this week, obviously, kicking it off with Super Mario Brothers. Um, obviously, with it being Good Friday, um, there was some releases on Wednesday with um, Air. And then, of course, Super Mario Brothers being released Wednesday. And then you have Paint being released in theaters today, which I'm intrigued to see, but I'm not rushing out there and you know, trying to rush out the door to see that ASAP or anything like that. But you have that. And then, of course, you know, on the streaming platforms, you have... Uh, Chupa dropping on on Netflix. You had the series Beef come out this week. Praise This is coming out on Peacock. Is that right? Is yeah, Peacock right? Peacock. Peacock. Um, so it, it's definitely an interesting week for a lot of different things. If you are a fan of Love is Blind, episodes 9 through 11 dropped on that. I'm just going to drop that little subtle hit in there. Um, lots of things that are still lingering out in theaters as well. Like There's so many movies in theaters right now. It's kind of crazy. Like, I was looking at the list. You have Paint, Air, Mario Brothers, uh, 1001, Dungeons and Dragons, John Wick 4, Shazam, 65, still lingering around, Scream 6, or 17, is still lingering around, Creed 3, still lingering around. So, there's a lot of things still lingering in theaters that's, uh, or is in theaters. That's quite interesting to me. Oh, I'm sorry. His only son is also in theaters. Um, but, uh, but, and then, oh, and I forgot about the incredible movie that came out in Prime Video, uh, On a Wing and a prayer. prayer. Yeah, that sounds like a, uh, sounds like a 1980s um, Christian song. So, or like a song sung by a hair band. You know what I mean? Like, well, Journey, you know, the song called that. I had to have. 
you do usually get faith-based films, you know, around this time of year. His only mm-hmm. son, I haven't seen that, but that was like a special event that, that went to theaters. On a Wing and a Prayer and Praise This are both um, faith-based swings uh, on the on the streaming market. On a On a Wing and a Prayer was an interesting true story for me. It was it was just an okay film. Um, some of the casting choices correct me if you're wrong do you i believe that they focus too much about the other miscellaneous things and i'm not saying that they didn't have pieces to it but i wanted to be more in the plane than we were i wanted to kind of feel that claustrophobic feeling of of being on the plane of being scared for these people on the plane and i didn't feel that ever well so they I think when I was thinking about it, they focused on a whole bunch of different people at the beginning uh, that were in different control rooms. But if you were listening to the, um, the speech, you know, at the end and the kind of the real guy talking, it was mostly about him and the uh, King air trainer, Carrie, who was in Connecticut. And they allude to some of, Carrie's own like family background stuff, but I don't feel like we totally got enough. It it probably would have been more interesting if it was the two of them. And also, I'm gonna say once we got to the end, there is a subplot with a little girl that made no sense to me as to why it's in the film. I was expecting at some point she was like gonna jump on the radio and give them an answer or something. And have a tangent but basically they're passive observers to this event and then kind of active observers because they they go down to but they they're nothing more than observers and they introduce you to a lot of different people in the control towers but they don't really flesh out their stories a lot and they don't necessarily have a huge impact on the outcome so as you're watching it you're getting introduced to all these pieces but you're waiting to see how it's going to fit in the end. And unfortunately in the end, there's only a couple of those pieces that I think truly mattered. Maybe if there had been more concision to the script, I liked Metcalf for what, for what he did. And Dennis Quaid was fine in the lead role, but you're right. It was a little, I don't think they explained enough of the challenges and you didn't get enough of that. You know, the premise is interesting. A dude who has had one, exploratory flight on a Cessna where he could couldn't literally couldn't land is in the co-pilot seat of a small plane with his family went that he's never been in that's a totally different kind of plane when the pilot has a heart attack and passes away and he has to figure out how to navigate a storm and all these things and get the plane down safely and he's got a guy who is coming off his own tragedy who is has thousands of hours as an instructor on these planes trying to explain to him rebuilt his own cockpit out of like doohickeys he had in his garage that part was interesting to me we just didn't get enough of that and i think it's okay the original story isn't right it's just not it wasn't focused enough yeah that's what my problem was like if you take all the ancillary pieces you take the little kid out of it which i didn't really care for that whole dynamic well it ends up not mattering at all that was the yeah. probably frustrating thing for me i kept expecting I thought she that was like part of the reason why it landed we spent a shit. lot of screen time on 
I was like, this girl has to like this girl save the day. In my head, that's what I'm thinking. This is yeah, what that's I'm thinking what I thought too. She's gonna jump on the radio and tell him, "Hey, you're dumb. This is what you need to know." Yeah, exactly. And then like nothing happens of it. So it's very confusing, very very weird to me. Um, I I just didn't care for it at all. I I didn't. Um, yeah. Um, a few other things happening this weekend. Let's see here. Yellow Jackets. If you're watching that, Matthew Fox is really enjoying season two. That's a lie, folks. He's really not. Jury Duty, the first four episodes dropped on Freebie. Um, let's see here. We talked about Praise This on Peacock. Great Expectations, episode four is coming on Sunday. Succession, season four, episode three is coming. Fun fact about Succession, season four, episode three, they did not screen this with critics ahead of time. So one would only assume something big is going to happen. They sent an email out to all the critics said, hey, we're not screening this ahead. You have to watch it with everybody else in the world, which is fine. I just think that that's because something big is going to happen, and they didn't want that to leak out to the world. Um, let's see here. Dave season three came back. I never watched Dave, but I've heard it's it's pretty solid. Tiny beautiful things. I've heard nothing but great things about this. Um, I definitely interested interested to see Matthew Fox's thoughts on it. I sure he will have it covered in his TV dealio. Have you watched it? You haven't watched it yet, though, right? Um, I watched one and a half so far. And what did you think? It exists. All right, so the, all right, so I'm gonna put that one on the back burner. Then that's perfectly fine for me. Chupa Alfonso Cuarón's son making a movie would be interesting to see what that's about. I will not watch it, um, but I'm sure Matthew Fox will for me and let me know how he feels about that. So, if you guys haven't figured it out right by now, I will. I rely on Matthew Fox's opinion. He watches way more than just about anybody that I know, especially on the TV side of things. Now we don't always agree on on things. We don't. It. It. We just don't. However. How he talks about certain things will dictate whether or not I add it to my list of shit that I'm going to watch. So you watched all of or part of just big the Big Door Prize. Did you like the Big Door Prize? Um, I watched the first two. I liked a lot. I just haven't uh, had a lot of time. It's sort of a busy time at work. And like you said, I will watch a lot of different things. You know, like I've seen Praise This. Um, because apparently I need to see not praising it. Hey. The, southern, the Southern Black Gospel uh, Choir competition version of Pitch Perfect. Yeah. So that said, um, yeah, it wasn't sure it wasn't horrendous. It just it really check wanted to be Pitch Perfect. Oh, but before we go, um, I did not love Super Mario Brothers. But that said, I didn't hate it. Okay, I just I gave it one and a half. Star no, don't, don't break your you haven't been star rating anything i know I you're the international reviewer of mystery i am the yeah i know you have to read my review to get it um but i did have to put a star ranking on it because of something i'm trying to remember what it was i don't remember what it was but um air 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 can we talk about how go. happy i am that it got released in theaters so was that originally going to be just a prime video one so there was a back and forth battle apparently about this, but with Apple and Amazon Studios and with now the Academy apparently putting their foot on the neck of streaming movies, I do think that there's going to be a big shift in the narrative. They've put a lot of money into this. So I think that because the amount of money they put into air that they're really, you know, relying on, on trying to make some money in the box office, which only makes sense. Like the way things are turning out, I don't mind them doing what they're doing. Release a movie in theaters, and then two weeks later, three weeks later, a month later, like put it on digital. Like you, know, I don't care. Like that to me, give me the option. That's all I've ever asked. You know what I mean? 
I'm not going to sit here and say claim like other people and say that streaming movies aren't movies. I'm not going to do that because that's not true. It's a complete fallacy. But I would like to have the option of seeing... Spielberg just unfollowed the show. Well, you know. If Martin Scorsese can release a movie on Netflix, then anybody can. Martin Scorsese is one of the greatest, if not, in my opinion, the greatest director of all time. So I don't, I don't understand. But, um, but there's certain movies like Air I love seeing in theaters. I would have loved to see Ry Lane in theaters. Like that would have been cool with a packed audience. That would have been cool. Um, Mario, I wish I would have saw Mario in a – everybody makes fun of – by the way, everybody makes fun of the way I say Mario, Mario, whatever you want to say. I don't fucking care. People make fun of me about it. I don't give a shit. Make a better movie and I'll say the right word. But that said, um, May, I'll tell you what, May's, May's pretty packed. You know what I mean? May's pretty packed. We've got a lot of a lot of movies coming out. Um, I'm just going to give you guys a quick rundown. Maybe we'll dissect it a little bit. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit next week. But you know, next week we have – I'm sorry. Look, I want to talk about real quick before we go. I know uh, I said we were going to go here in a second. But I want to talk about the longest film title – in the history of movies. Big George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world. That is the title of the movie. And it looks abysmal. Um, I am cautiously optimistic for Renfield. Okay, so over the next few weeks, we have Renfield. Then we have The Pope's Exorcist, which I refuse to believe is a real movie. Mafia Mama, another movie I refuse to believe that's a real movie. Um, Evil Dead Rise, which Oof. the original Evil, the remake of Re- Evil Dead that came out a few years ago, sucked. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, Vilo, Vilo 100% air high five. Yes. Um, Chevalier, I'm really excited about that because I love Calvin Harrison Jr. The Covenant, very excited about that only because I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, Ghost, it's coming out, which I could care less. Uh, Are You There, God? It's, Mar- it's me, Margaret. That looks actually pretty good. Um, I'm excited about that. And then May, man, May. You've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which we're all going to be crying in theaters like a little baby. And then May 19th, you're going to be crying like a baby again with Fast 10. And then, you know, May 26th, you got The Little Mermaid. In between there, you have this movie called White Man Can't Jump, which I refuse to believe is a real movie because they would not remake a mas- remake something off of a masterpiece that came out a long time ago with my guy, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. But it's going to be a jam-packed few months. I'm excited to talk about movies again. Because, you know, we like going to the movies. That's just what we do here. But all of that said, I... Um, yeah. All that said, I'm excited to talk about movies, talk about football. Next week, we'll talk again about Aaron Rodgers not being traded to the Jets. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So is. I'm waiting for him to get traded to some unforeseeable... Like he gets traded to Tennessee and he has to play in the wishbone with Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill. I'd watch that. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.